0: Hey, all, all uh, Before we get to this week's show, just a content warning. Uh, there's discussions of sexual assault that took us, uh, the Flophouse, uh, by surprise, so we don't want them uh, to, it, to take you by surprise as the listener. Um, yeah, and apologies. Uh, an earlier version of this episode went up with a content warning, but it was just in the show notes, which uh, I know a lot of you don't read so I wanted to throw this one up there um, that has it just front and center Uh, if uh, you can uh, be prepared to listen to it I think it's still a great uh, show with a great guest in Jordan but uh, we didn't really know some of the uh, more dark places that this would go so we wanted you all to be prepared thanks bye (laughs) Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Flophouse. I'm Dan McCoy.
1: I'm Stuart Wellington. I'm Elliot Kalen.
0: still against all odds. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, the premise of the show started out as, let's talk about bad movies. <laughs> yeah, let's dig back into prehistory, shall we? <laughs> and now, every other week, we've been doing uh, minisodes, minisodes, Flophouse minis, uh, <laughs> that have often been as long as other shows, which really confused the premise, especially because there's no particular uh rhyme nor reason to the topics of the flophouse minis. And let's keep it going. Tonight we have a guest. <laughs> flawless introduction. You
2: stated the thesis, you confused
0: the thesis, and then you discarded the thesis. Yep. The classic essay structure. Uh tonight we have a guest, a, a writer and producer, Jordan Cruciola, who is from um I'm sorry, did I put too much spin on that last time? No,
3: you got it. There's not too much mustard on that at all. Okay, thank
0: you. <laughs> uh, of the uh, the Feeling Scene podcast on the MaxFun Network, mm-hmm. among many other things, and uh, she is here to talk about a topic of her own <laughs> suggestion. Jordan, <laughs> what did you want to speak with us about today?
3: <laughs> I am here to attempt, to attempt to convey to okay. you all the movie Georgia Rule directed now, okay. by Gary Marshall mm-hmm. starring Felicity Huffman, Lindsay Lohan and um Dermot Mulroney mm. No no no, the guy who's not Dermot Mulroney or no, maybe according he is. Wikipedia. Dylan McDermott? D- to- no, you're right. It's D- it's Dermot Mulroney because it's yeah. not Dylan McDermott. Yeah. And Jane Fonda and Garrett Headland inexplicably.
1: Okay.
3: From the year I believe 2012.
1: I
2: mean it's multiple generations of acting legends, Dermot Mulrooney, Garrett Headland, <laughs> no one else. Yep. <laughs> of the yep. Mulrooney dynasty. The- <laughs> <laughs> now And and now this is Gary Marshall I'm sorry, of the I, this
3: is this is so this is I was so wrong. This is 2000. Oh my god. 2007 even Better, we are in the thriving heyday of the odds, 2007.
2: hmm And this is Gary Marshall of, of the holiday movies, right? This yeah. is Gary Day, Marshall of the holiday Mother's movies Day. of
3: Pretty Woman, mm-hmm. of Overboard, of, like, iconic fame, Gary Marshall.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's amazing how he's a director of so many movies, and yet as a director, I still like him best as the casino owner in Lost in America. Yes. It's <laughs> still my favorite thing he's ever done. Excellent, excellent.
0: Now, this is a movie that we established. Uh, none of the um, none of the hosts of the Flop House, the three uh, of us, have seen, um, and you know, we kept it that way, <laughs> even though you were uh, coming on to to talk about it. Because I I think something aside from laziness, something appealed to us about mm. you know, sort of having to try and grapple with this thing uh, that exists only in our minds. Yeah. And and Jordan, what is it about this movie that made you specifically want to highlight it?
3: Well, I'm wondering if any of you ever, if you remember the trailer for, or if you've seen the trailer for this
0: movie. I have no idea what this movie, like Georgia Rule, a- yeah. I, it I to Is mind. it possible?
3: Is it possible hmm. to, we don't have to, but is it possible to request of each of you that you watch the trailer right now and have that as a foundation?
0: I think
2: it, it seems to, I easily mean. easily accomplished. Let's do yeah. it. Like, and let's like keep I, recording yeah, like, while we watch it. We yeah. okay. we'll have to sync up, but. Just
3: give you, just give yourselves like, you know, the the minute and a half, two minutes to watch this so that I can t- tell you what we're here for.
2: Okay. So they're on, uh, so on uh, YouTube, there's a two and a half minute trailer uh-huh. uh Goodness. Yeah. It just says if it says Georgia Rule official trailer, number one Hector Elizondo movie. Yeah, it go seems, for that one. It's <laughs> like, weird that Hector should Elizondo. Not,
1: should I not, not click on Georgia this. Rule full movie? <laughs> <laughs> no. mm. I mean, we scam. can live
3: watch in Mystery Science Theater this. No it's
1: not uh, true. Oh, the
0: first the first comment Yeah, go says for the Hector
3: a, Elizondo one. That was okay. the one I refreshed myself with earlier.
0: A tragically underrated movie that is too often mistaken by the yeah, less don't, don't, read r- don't read that don't read that don't read
3: that no you have don't read that don't okay. read any details about this <laughs> okay, okay so don't guys, get any more information yet just watch the trailer okay all guys right.
0: are we ready are we gonna do this all at the same time let's do it all at the same time uh let's <laughs> let's try an experiment so that okay. the audience can also sync up and maybe and watch yeah. audience look up
2: georgia rule official trailer number one hector elizondo movie yeah. 2007
3: hd yeah. yeah Okay. And,
2: uh, this and uh, yeah, and just sync it up with uh, with this part, and then get Dark Side of the Moon, and then start. Don't start playing it till we press play.
3: because yeah. It syncs yeah. up perfectly with the trailer. <laughs> and then, if you started at this moment, we can say Happy New Year at this time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so I'm gonna do a countdown, and I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, do th- three numbers. You can probably guess which one, and then I'm gonna say go, uh, and uh, let's all click when I say go. How about that? You just said go. Should I have clicked? No, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, in three, two, one, go. Okay, so it's rated R okay. for
2: sexual content and some language.
0: Mm.
2: Now. Uh, Wait okay. a minute. So Jane Fonda's character's name is Georgia.
3: That yes, Georgia Rule.
2: Okay, so they said a the rule Georgia Rule. Is Georgia Rule. Now, the Georgia Rule was a card playing rule. But is mm-hmm. it related oh, to other things also? It's
3: pretty multi-purpose. The Georgia rule.
2: Okay. Oh, Georgia's always made the rules. They said Carrie always. Yeah, Carrie
1: always just got hit with a baseball bat.
3: Hmm. Hmm. I'll explain that.
1: Mm-hmm. Wait, a castle for Christmases? Carrie always. <laughs> <laughs> so, the so
3: one f- and only.
1: So so
2: far, we've seen Jane Fonda tell Felicity Huffman to attack Carrie always with a knife, and then Lindsay Lohan threw threw a
0: drink on a car. People keep saying Georgia rule.
2: Yeah, <laughs> but each time it's a different rule, though. <laughs> yeah, it should be Georgia rules, but I guess they yeah. would have thought people Georgia would be rule like, TM. Georgia rules. Doctor Simon Ward. Yeah. So Lindsay okay. Lohan's not getting a job at a veterinarian, so they so they ripped off Shit's Creek years ahead of Shit's Creek. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay. Everyone's spying on them gardening. They're wrestling on the lawn. She does Georgia no rule again. No fighting is
0: a Georgia rule.
2: <laughs> oh.
3: It is. It goes down in the street for there's that so, one.
2: This trailer, we're a minute and a half in, and already she, Georgia has said so many different rules. <laughs> I don't know which one is the Georgia rule.
3: You can see why Felicity Huffman had to flee her mother.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, there's drinking going on. Uh. Oh, Yeah. Here's Dermot uh, okay. making Felicity out Huffman and, and Dermot are knocking
2: over trophies as they make out.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh-huh. Those trophies were earned by making out. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> he won the making out competition, regional finals.
3: Silver Fox, that man. He
2: could have gone all the way national, but. Okay, Jane Fonda's in it. Lindsay Lohan. A lot mm-hmm. of, of hats. Huffman. <laughs> okay. Okay, a woman called. L- a Lindsay, Lohan, oh, a Lindsay slide, Lohan and then she used and the Lindsay Lohan used a, a curse word but there was a car that honked when she said uh, the curse word that part. is
3: a sincerely funny scene
2: okay well that, so it says coming soon at the end is that Georgian true rule. is it is it st- still coming soon <laughs> yeah
3: <laughs> I mean undiscovered as it is uh it could be coming soon to the homes of many people now, near this podcast so here's
0: I so
2: Let here's my understanding yeah. yeah. Dan, are you going to try to figure out what the plot is from the trailer? Yeah,
0: I was, I was going to try. I, I intuit that you as well were going to sort of. Yeah, but uh, you go first. Go ahead. It seems to be some sort of uh, multi-generational rom-com. And uh, I think that maybe Felicity Huffman or perhaps Jane Fonda or perhaps both. Have some sort of issues with alcohol. That's that's what I have mm-hmm. uh, okay. uh, sort of intuited so, from. So
2: those. is so my guess is Lindsay Lohan is Felicity Huffman's daughter, and mm-hmm. Felicity Huffman is Jane Fonda's daughter. Correct. Which would make Jane Fonda Lindsay Lohan's grandmother. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Jane and Jane Fonda is always like, I got these rules. Here's my yeah. rule. That's my rule. And Lindsay mm-hmm. Lohan seems to be in a troublemaker, as seen by the fact that she's expressed a healthy sexual interest in mm-hmm. in. A man in the trailer, yeah, and,
1: and none of the shirts she owns have midriffs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
2: no, that's a problem. We can
3: credit 2007 for that for yeah. sure.
2: And uh, Felicity Huffman, I guess, should she move? Here's my guess okay, she fled town because she had trouble with her mom and she couldn't make it there. She had to go to the big city. Yeah, she ooh, raised Lindsay Lohan. Mouse. Maybe, maybe either doesn't have a husband, maybe it was a sperm donor situation, or maybe she adopted Lindsay Lohan. Maybe Lindsay um, Lohan was dropped maybe off at her, on her, on her yeah, Dorsey, yeah, maybe it's Midi Chlorians. Maybe, maybe it's Midi Chlorians, yeah, using using the 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 Wisdom of Darth Plagueis, uh, Felicity Huffman was able to create Lindsay I mean, Lohan out her own have, blood, uh,
0: like a, a basic the, the man left uh, situation.
2: Actually, I guess we saw Carrie always. So is he the guy, so is he how so not not having been able to figure out a lot of the trailer, I assumed he yeah. was like a salesman who. Hmm. He would, is, but maybe he's a husband.
3: He's the husband. Okay, he is the husband of of Felicity Huffman's character.
2: Okay. okay, and they don't and Jane Fonda doesn't like him, which is why she hit him with a baseball bat. <laughs>
3: There's, see, and here's the thing is, all these things are like, you guys have just described the movie that was advertised to you. Okay, sure. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about this movie that, like, it's like, it's like, it's like, did you love the fish out of water story that was overboard? Did you like the surprising rom com that was Pretty Woman? (laughs) We are going to add boner jokes to that and give you Georgia Rule, where the secret plot point when oh. this trailer says the things that tear us apart what they are referring to is the bombshell that Lindsay lowen's character drops about a third of the way into the movie that she's that a go. She, that she has been <laughs> chronically raped by her stepfather since Jesus. she was 12 years old yikes what? the (laughs) underpinning of Georgia Rule the movie you just watched a trailer for is that Lindsay Lowen's character is a ruckus and a rebel and her mom and her stepdad just can't take it anymore so Felicity Huffin's gonna ship her off for the summer to Idaho to go be with her horrible harpy bitch of a mother Jane Fonda who she had to flee from as a teenager because she was simply too restrictive and never said I love you so Lindsay's getting a reform school summer with her grandma and when we are there Lindsay Lowen's character confronts Dermot Mul who has tragically lost his wife and child two years ago in a horrible accident. And she's like, you know what? We've all got shit to deal with. We get it. You're fucking sad. Your wife and baby died. You need to move on. And you're like, what the fuck are you doing, Lindsay Lohan? <laughs> and he's like, what do you know about survival? You don't know a goddamn thing. At which point at the 4th of July parade in Hull, Idaho, Lindsay Lohan over barbecued burgers looks at him and says- My stepdad started having sex with me when I was 12 years old. Now, this. And you're like, what What fucking movie are we in right now? It definitely sounds like less of a romp. (laughs) That's the thing, though. That's the thing, though, my friends, is this movie plays it like a romp the (laughs) entire time. That that kicky little Mandy Moore song playing at the end of that trailer where she's ready to feel extraordinary. Like that is the energy of this movie. And that so like when you see Jane Fonda running out of the house with a bat beating down Carrie Elwes, it's because she has learned that her granddaughter is a victim of sexual <laughs> molestation yeah it's not like you get out of here Carrie always you scamp it's you pedophile get the fuck out of my house and away it's from my family yeah
0: it takes a a way different tenor like it did yeah, like it did seem to be sold to us as like Wacky grandma with bat rather than like justified anger. In that
3: scene when Dermot Mulroney is having his world champion make out with Felicity Huffman, you see her hair short in that? It's because in a prior scene just before that, she had been drunk on the floor of her mother's house asking her why she could never say I love you, blacked out in front of a half dozen (laughs) bottles of alcohol and cut off her own hair that's sitting on the floor in front of her. Then she goes to Dermot Mulroney doctors, the guy she used to date when she was like probably in high school, and- he, she is asking him for help getting off of alcohol. She's like, I need like whatever this like anti like, owl, like something that like would make her sick if she drank. <laughs> so they start making out after she looks at him and says, how did I miss it? And he goes, people get busy. She goes, no, how did I miss it about Rachel? And he goes, I don't know how you miss that. So then they fall into each other's arms after she says, I don't know how I missed that. My daughter was being molested by my husband.
1: Now, now that guys. is what
3: tees up that make out. <laughs>
1: Now, guys, uh, I I'm going out on a limb here, but I think mm. no molestation is a pretty normal rule, right? <laughs> yeah, it <is>. yeah, that,
3: <laughs>
2: that,
3: that seems, seems, like seems like a hard the, and fast one. doesn't that seem that seems like it a needs to be more George's committed rule. than yeah. dinner at six or you're not eating, like. This is, this movie, this movie. This
2: is even worse. It's even worse than when my sister and mom went to go see my girl in the theaters. And I was like, was it fun? (laughs) And they were like, he died. (laughs) 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 They went went expecting a movie like a Bad News Bears type movie, but for girls. And then it was, and they were like, yeah, he died at the end. The
3: scene where you watch in the trailer, where you watch Lindsay Lohan's character wrestling with a little boy on the ground. That's, that wrestling match end because Lindsay looks at the child and says, oh my God, you're hard." and then grandma sprays them down with a hose because no fighting is a Georgia rule and she jumps up and she's like what he can like get a boner on my leg but like I can't like like shove him off of me so that happens in that also in that trailer (laughs) they say Jay
2: Fonda Fonda goes you're a handmaid and you'll do what you're you're told
3: No, that's when she looks at the neighbors and says she was raised in California. So then at another point in that trailer, the voiceover man says three generations under one roof for a summer. Inaccurate. Lindsay <laughs> Lowen's character is sent to live there for the summer. Felicity Huffin's character drops her off, spend one night, comes back weeks later, and then spends like three nights reconciling with the truth of her, vic- her daughter being a victim now, of point, like uh, point molestation. Of order. But,
2: but, objection, objection. Uh, Your Honor, uh, they didn't say how long that three generations were under one roof. They
3: said for a summer
2: mm. they say for, uh, the, yep, summer, no, she's got you, for the
3: summer I refer to, I believe, uh, Honor, for did. the summer three generations for the
2: summer i believe they're talking about the summer of a soul which <laughs> <The> could, <laughs> who knows how long that could last that,
3: that could be true and that's so that scene <laughs> on the boat where garrett headland's like rocking around and he like falls off well the thing is is his character is mormon and so when he starts making eyes at lindsay low and they're out on this boat together she with her extremely frayed relationship between intimacy and sex and desire and Mm -hmm. self-worth. She, like, looks at him and is like, what do you mean you've never had sex? And like, well, I'm a Mormon. So she takes off her underwear and she's like, you want to see? And you're like, what the fuck is going on on this boat? And she just takes off her underwear and starts, like, opening her legs so Garrett Hudlin cannot sensibly see her vagina. And then she's like, you can touch it if you want. So then he starts, like, very uncomfortably sliding his hand up her leg, at which point the camera just stays on Lindsay Lohan's face where she looks increasingly like she's going to cry because you're watching (laughs) a victim of chronic abuse reconcile with the fact that she wants this man to like her and the only way she understands affection is sex. So So then she claps her legs shut and is like, my turn, and then gives him a blowjob. So
2: I guess what you're saying is (sighs) Gary Marshall was not the artist with the right sensitivities to tell this tale.
3: This is like what if we took the kookiness of New Year's Eve and added the most grave and harrowing emotional catalyst to a story you could put in a film.
2: So what's your and so what's your what's your tale of this? What's your experience with this film? How did you come across it? And how did how did you first? Uh... I
3: just watched this trailer and was like, I love Lindsay Lohan. It's 2007. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Felicity Huffman definitely a thing at that moment in time. Uh, with Desperate Housewives and Trans America, like tra- like she's she's in the zeitgeist. Jane Fonda, Eternal, and I was like, I will watch any Lindsay Lohan movie. Like that's where I'm at with this. And Hector and- Elizondo. <laughs> <And> Hector Alizondo. <laughs>
2: to, to be fair, not mentioned in the trailer at all. But I should have known he was going to be in there because it's a Gary Marshall movie.
3: <laughs> yeah, that, that's a very good point. Yeah, and, Hector Alizondo also says,
2: number one in, in Hector, Hector <laughs> movie. I mean, and, or
3: whatever.
1: that's the first rule. <laughs>
2: the first rule so is just, Hector like, like, elizondo is always off. He's always slightly off camera throughout the entire trailer and the entire. And movie. I think
3: I think Hector elizondo in this movie plays like for some reason a Basque man. Who like makes it a point of being like I'm Basque, and the doctor's like, you can't lift anything because you have a hernia, and he's like, I have to lift. I'm Basque.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and
3: then like he Garrett had the for him, and he's like, or is he's the best employee I've ever had. He lifts like a Basque.
0: Okay. Well, I don't know
3: this about the Basque people.
0: This is now, also a does an anybody I element. Don't.
2: I mean, it's not a stereotype <laughs> I've ever been. I am not. I don't know too many stereotypes about the Basques, but uh, now, but that they're very good at lifting is not they're something very, that.
3: They're, they're in fact like genetic imperative to lift, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I just saw trailer. I mean, Stuart gets it. Like, He's
2: got a genetic imperative to I, lift. Yeah. I can't stop. I'm, I can't turn it
3: off. He can't stop <laughs> lifting. He's lifting right now, everybody. I'm watching him lift right now, and I wondered what was going on. <laughs> And so I rented this movie, and I put it on, and then when the molestation plot was introduced, I was agog. And then spent the rest of the movie trying to piece together the myriad tones that were being thrown at me for how I was supposed to process all this information. It is, I have never. I have never felt so blindsided by any screen media in my entire <laughs> life. And I have watched a Serbian film. Like I have never Well, yeah, felt- but you know,
2: going into a
0: Serbian film, what you get You didn't you, it,
2: they, they didn't they didn't You can it, know, it, but can you really they, know?
1: They no, I guess. Yeah. Can you really well, I mean, they didn't know you cut
0: a rom com trailer for a Serbian film, they though? They certainly so. did not. That's they there's really certainly gotta did be not be out there. But, <laughs> I mean, I so this is a public service you're doing. W- basically, warning people of that. So Georgia this is a rule. yeah, this is a Georgia rule awareness PSA. It
3: is. <laughs> <laughs> It is so, and like, watch, this is only the second, because I watched it coming into this again, and this is only the second time I have seen it, because since I've watched it, I've been too shocked to return to it. And watching it was no less shocking now, but at the very least, I was like, you know what I couldn't see at the time? Is that everybody is giving a really good performance in this movie. I was like, you know what this movie is making me do? Really miss Lindsay Lohan as an actress. Like, because uh, yeah. goddammit, she would- She was good, and she's a star. And, like, you watch it's like, God, you were funny. You had the timing, and, like, somehow you are spinning lemonade out of these gallows humor lemons that you are put in the middle of. And that—the scene where she confronts those girls that you watch, the thing—the reason that scene comes up is because Garrett Hedlund decides he has to drive to his Mormon girlfriend's Mormon university and tell her in person that he got a blowjob from a stranger— and he's like, I've gotta be honest. Like, I can't, I can't just tell her this over the phone. So Lindsay goes with him. For some reason, he thinks they should do this together. And the his the girlfriend's friend like decides her friends are gonna surveil him for the rest of the time this girl's in town. Like he's not gonna oh, be able to okay. get away with anything. He can't see her, he can't be around her. The girls are surveilling. So they find like they make it a point of like every so often when they see her in town, they'll be like, slut. They just like yell things at her. So she finally, like, she is at a gas station. They call her out. Their car doesn't start. She starts chasing them down in Garrett Headland's truck and they think she's going to run them over. And instead she gets out of the car and she starts like, she tries to reconcile. She's like, I get it. At like message received. You don't have to worry about me. We're just friends. You, you can leave us alone. Like it's totally cool. And the girl basically calls her a whore again. So Lindsay's like, "Fine." I tried to do this nice way, and that's when she's like, "If you do anything to me again, if you talk to Harlan, I am going to find every single one of your boyfriends, and I'm going to fuck them stupid." And it is. In, it is actually an excellently delivered line. It is, I was like, you know what? Even amidst this chaos, I, I'm buying this. I'm buying this line right now. And yes, use your sex positivity to say you will ruin these girls' lives <laughs> completely for it.
1: Now, so do you feel like when you're watching, you're saying all the performances are great, and I, I believe you, does it feel like they didn't quite realize that, what kind of movie they were in? Like, do you think they thought they're like, nope, this is our ticket to the Golden Globes, baby? It, <laughs> it
3: absolutely would be the Golden Globes, and it it feels like everybody feels like they are really they are really playing the script. Like it is, it's fascinating to watch because like it it feels like they did know, but like maybe they thought the irreverence was going to play as subversive, whereas it plays just like almost like almost like assaulting. In how it is, it's like it's like if somebody was if somebody said the words trigger warning assault to you while laughing maniacally or like they handed you a Valentine card that said trigger warning for sexual assault. Like that is like the combination <laughs> of sensations. Not a very of popular term.
2: <laughs> no, I mean it, it, there's there's something there's some something kind of like Cards Against Humanity about it. So it's like kind of like it, it, both not is funny and gross. Extremely good
3: point. Yeah, that is an extremely. This is a card. If Cards Against Humanity was a movie in its cacophony <laughs> of intentions and tones, it would be Georgia Rule.
2: Now here's something that it, on Wikipedia this this makes me in some ways more interested in the movie because it shows the effort. It says that uh, it was set in an uh, Idaho. But apparently it was shot in Southern California and much of the scenery was created with CGI. It says in Wikipedia. Who knows if that's true? But it makes me imagine that this is Gary Marshall's avatar, maybe. Like how how <laughs> many years was he working on this? Yeah, creating yeah. This, this Idaho? Is George's home
3: is Home Tree, and <laughs> these mm-hmm. are Navi, and mm-hmm. this is his avatar.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Mm-hmm. And the this the, the blowjob scene is a lot like what, sticking your ponytail <laughs> into a Yeah, it's a, monster it's a lot like the shit. ponytail
3: connective tissue. Yeah. It is, it is, and, like, you can see from this, like, you watch the trailer, it's, it's, I can't ever decide if it's better for people to, because, like, because we're talking about it, I wanted you guys to see the trailer first, but I couldn't, I was thinking today, would it be better to tell people watch this movie and then watch the trailer, or tell them to watch the trailer, then watch the movie? I can't decide if it would be better to set them up for the lie, or make them make them realize the lie that they were meant to buy after the fact. I guess because, you gotta
2: run it both ways and see what see what you, what results you get. You gotta run, clearly, and then a control group that doesn't watch Georgia Rule and watches a different Cary Marshall movie.
3: Because clearly, the studio had this in their hand and they're like, we simply cannot tell people what this is about. <laughs>
2: no. They're like, no one will go to see Do you think they, uh, uh, movie. they cut
1: like a sad version of the trailer first and they're like, Ugh. <laughs>
3: they had to because like that scene where she when felicity huffman's like in the trailer when she's like there's a time when you would have thrown me out by my hair for drinking in the house and she's like i'm too old and so is your hair that's like a harrowing moment where like that scene ends with felicity huffman so drunk she collapses in the living room and busts open her lip and her daughter and her her mother have to carry her up the stairs because she's too belligerent to function like it is a grave scene about how could I never have known how could I never have realized and they cut it in the trailer as a gag like they were like how we we have no idea what to do so let's just tell them everybody that these are just normal jokes. It,
2: this this trailer reminds me of the trailer. I mean, in a different way, I guess. In a tra- the trailer for The Gray, where that led <laughs> me to believe it was going to be about a man who would fi- who is having a fist fight with a wolf. Absolutely. <laughs> when, when really, that's Completely. like the last five seconds of the movie, and until then, it's just five men walking to death in the yeah. in the frozen mm. north. Was Which, like-,
3: like the Green Knight, is not not about a man walking to death. Also, like mm. I was sold, I was sold somebody who was going to ride on the shoulder of a giant, not somebody who would mm-hmm. turn down the opportunity and just be a hot loser who goes on a long walk.
1: <laughs> That's what's so great about it. Is he's a hot, confused he is loser. A pretty hot, hot loser. <laughs>
3: I, there are so many hot loser men around me who don't know shit. I don't like, I don't know why that's cinema, yeah. but like Deb Patel is very <laughs> handsome and it looked very pretty, but like I was promised giants and I got yeah. like a drive-by of them. I was yeah. like, wait, he didn't even ride the giant. What the fuck is this? Well, I thought you wanted well, a you story
0: got to, to tell. Riding Giants. Gawain.
3: <laughs>
2: I mean, you should go see the BFG, I guess. The kid rides a giant like crazy. But. Damn
3: right. Damn right. The, the BFG the delivered. Mark Rylance
2: delivered. This kid rides a giant like crazy <laughs> can't on the flop pass.
3: The tagline, this kid rides a giant like crazy.
2: This is, this is coming at an interesting turning point in uh, Gary Marshall's career because his, uh, according to uh, – I'm looking at his credits now. Three mm. years before was his previous directorial effort, The Princess Diaries 2, royal engagement. And then yes. three years later is Valentine's Day. So mm-hmm. it does feel like perhaps somebody quantum leaped into his body and decided <laughs> to make a darker project in between what are two very fluff movies, you know?
3: Yeah. I mean maybe, this this might sound like very aggressive, but it feels like it feels like the run of George Roll New Year's Day, Valentine's Day is like elder abuse. Like <laughs> you guys, we can give Gary anything well this... and like we can get paid for writing or et cetera, producing a Gary Marshall movie. And he doesn't know. Like it, it. Like it's so fucking weird that it's like. Did Gary know? Did someone tell Gary? Well, like, but what it, if
2: it? What if it's like how like the, the you know the thing where it's like I do one for the studio and then I do one yeah, for me. Yeah. But which one was the one for Gary? Two <laughs> <laughs> or, or Georgia
1: <laughs> Rule. Was this a blacklist script? Well, yeah, the script, well, that's what we was, was well, the going way, to say. The, the, way Eddie, writer, the, way Eddie
2: Murphy, the way Eddie Murphy was like, I'll do Dreamgirls,
0: but only if you fund Norbit. And it's like, wait, where are your priorities? But sorry, Dan, <laughs> yeah. you're saying. Well, no, I just, the, the screenwriter of this, I looked at uh, his three prior uh, credits before Georgia Rule are As Good As It Gets, Life Is A House, and divine secrets of the yaya sisterhood. So Those it are really successful feels films. It feels like the the sc- like Gary Marshall got someone else's mail. Like the screenwriter <laughs> <laughs> meant to send this to like I don't know to like Frank Lawrence Marshall. Kasdan or something. I don't
1: know. Like- yeah,
3: no, that is that feels that that is perfect. He like somebody he got somebody else's mail and he just like he went for it. And this is it's a fascinating time in the era of Lindsay Lohan because this is like. Before this, she's had, like, a little thing in Prairie Home Companion, and that was, that was like a, I think it was a Robert Altman film, and so that was a big deal. Herbie Fully Loaded came in 2005, and I think that was kind of, like, the last gasp of her, almost the last gasp of her, like, I make kids movies. Just My Luck was similar to that as well. But then there was... Bobby. And that was supposed to be this big, you know, Oscar Beatty ensemble thing that just sort of fizzled out. It oh, really right. Through.
2: I forgot and, about that movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah that Amelia you know, Estevez directed, right? If yeah.
3: Valentine's Day was about Bobby Kennedy's assassination. Like, let's put that intersecting <laughs> like, ensemble cast situation <laughs> in here. I, I love
2: the idea that, that Gary Marshall was up for that movie and he's pitching. He's like, all right, it's Bobby Kennedy's assassination day, but what if it was on Valentine's Day? Yeah,
3: but think of it as love actually, but on the day Bobby Kennedy, beloved Bobby Kennedy was assassinated. Can anyone
2: find love on the day that Bobby Kennedy is killed at the Ambassador Hotel? Uh, Gary, that's not the tone we're going for with this. Well, I'll make Georgia rule. I'll show you. We'll
3: I'll make Georgia rule. I'll I mix show, all the tones. I'll, you yeah. want to tell me about tone? I'll show you tone. I'm going to make Georgia rule. And then in 2007, we get both, we get both Georgia rule and... The Lindsay Lohan classic "I Know Who Killed Me." Oh, that's so a great this is one. a yeah. fascinating transition time for Lindsay Lohan in her career, where she's like. I think the the rumors are starting to plague her. She's starting to be seen as unreliable and irresponsible. She's also being saddled as like, oh, Lindsay Lohan's a lesbian because she dates Sam Ronson and that makes her a freak because it's 2007. And there's the very public blowing up of her family with her dad. And so she's becoming huge tabloid fodder. And so she's trying to make these like serious movies like become a serious genre film actress and something like, I know Who Killed Me, which plays as like going for something wildly profound that just comes out as this incredible cornucopia of things and Neil McDonough's there and so is Julia Orman inexplicably. And then you have Georgia Rule, which feels like, oh man, Felicity Huffman, Jane Fonda, it's Gary Marshall. And like, it's a rom-com, but not the rom-com you expect because there's this heavy detail and it feels like it's going for, honestly, a movie that feels like it could be made more successfully now. Like, I feel like we are, we've we've gone dark we've gone esoteric and there's a a sort of blending of the mainstream and the art house in this way because of the proliferation of distribution platforms where it feels like something handled a bit more cannily like Georgia Rule could actually pull off like it feels like it is possible but at this time I think it was supposed to be this like edgy subversion of the genre that was going to be a great move for Lindsay and ended up being just sort of another one in a string of things that felt like Lindsay Lohan can't carry a movie as a star because she's trouble when it's like or because it's Georgia Rule, like, yeah. or because it's I know who killed me and it's not her fault
2: because she 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 was working with not good material. I, this is 2007 is the same year that Juno comes out, and so I think you're right that it feels like it's like they're going towards this idea of like some kind of edgy, you yeah. know, controversial comedy. But they and I don't even I don't even particularly like Juno that much, but it's mm-hmm. it's more successful. Than it sounds like this one is, uh, but there's also the possibility that the backers got too much investment for it, and they figured. If this movie fails, we can just run away with all the money, and we and we don't have and nobody nobody looks into the books of a failed movie, right, Dan? <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a plot that it, it's a it's a con that can't lose, right? Yeah, a perfect crime. Yeah. You know
0: what? I I've never heard of this failing before. So you can, <laughs> you, you've convinced me, Zero Mustel. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'm Annabelle Garridge And I'm Laura House. And we're the hosts of Tiny Victories. My tiny
2: victory is that I sewed that button back on the day
3: after it broke. We talk about that little thing that you did that's a big deal to you, but nobody else cares. Did you get that Guggenheim Genius Award?
0: We don't want to hear from you.
3: We want little bitty tiny victories.
0: My tiny victory is a tattoo that I added on to this past weekend. Let's
2: talk about it. My
0: victory is that I'm
2: one year cancer free, but my tiny victory is that I took all of the cushions off the couch, pounded them out, put them back, and it looks so great.
3: So if you're like us and you want to celebrate the tiny achievements of ordinary people, listen to Tiny Victories. It's on every Monday on Maximum Fun.
1: Are you feeling elevated levels of anxiety? Do you quake uncontrollably, even thinking about watching cable news? Do you have disturbing nightmares, only to realize it's two in the afternoon and you're up? If you've experienced one or more of these symptoms, you may have FNO, news overload. Fortunately, there's treatment. Hi, I'm Dave Holmes, host of Troubled Waters. Troubled Waters helps fight FNO. That's because Troubled Waters stimulates your joy zone. On Troubled Waters, two comedians will battle one another for pop culture supremacy, so join me Dave Holmes for two, two, two doses of troubled waters a month. The cure for your news overload. Available on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. The Flophouse is
0: sponsored in part by Stitch Fix. Your style isn't one size fits all. It's about what suits your body and what suits the moment. So why not shop at a store that is personalized to your size and style? Like if uh, Elliot went to a store, it would be for uh, a Uh, A a smaller gentleman who likes big belt buckles or for Stuart, you know, it would be all chunky cardigans in his store that he would uh, throw on over like a bootleg Minions t-shirt, which for some reason looks good on him because everything looks good on him. Or for me, you know, it would be like a, a tweed jacket, something that you would think that You'd throw on to have some tea in your home library if you were, you know, a refined enough person to have a home library. I'm sitting next to my books right now in a small room that also houses all of the, uh, the brooms and mops in the house right now. I don't know why I've decided to put them in here, but... You know what? We're talking about Stitch Fix. Stitch Fix Freestyle is your trusted style destination where you can discover and instantly buy curated items based on your style, likes, and lifestyle. Whether you're looking for a brand you love or to try a new one at Stitch Fix Freestyle, you can shop over a thousand brands and styles personalized to your size and fit. Plus, there's no subscription required, and they offer free shipping, returns, and exchanges. So get started today by filling out your style quiz at stitchfix.com slash flophouse. That's stitchfix.com slash flophouse to try Stitch Fix Freestyle. stitchfix.com slash flophouse. Flophouse. That's the last time I have to say it. And you know I'm happy because I'm not good at saying words. Now back to the show.
1: Before we get to a plug, Dan, this is basically yeah. one of our reoccurring mini episode structures, which is miss that movie. It's true. Mm. This would be a time for us to decide whether or not we are sad we missed it, glad we missed it, or <laughs> had to not miss it. And we're going to go watch it right now. <laughs> so, Dan, which of those three do you feel?
0: Uh, well, while I agree with our guests that uh, uh, Lindsay Lohan is uh, a talented actor who unfortunately had a sort of a promising career uh, derailed by a lot of tabloid stuff. When it when uh, it turns
2: out, Felicity Huffman was much more of a criminal than Lindsay Lohan this whole time.
0: That's the twist. Um, I don't. <laughs> I I don't think that I could. uh, I think I I don't think I could stomach uh, combining Gary Marshall with a plot that has a reveal of consistent uh, sexual assault. So I'm going to say I'm glad I missed it.
3: Okay. Okay. Uh,
1: Yeah. I would say I am obviously morbidly curious about it because of the. I would encourage you. you
3: all to watch this movie. I mean, I
1: feel
2: like I kind of need to now that I know, yeah, it's like if Gary Marshall and Tracy Letts made something together, (laughs) which I don't know how that would work. On the other hand, I think I may have enjoyed it the best this way, hearing Jordan talk about it, much like, I don't – the way I'm enjoying – the way I I prefer to receive the new Sex and the City series is by hearing my coworkers complain about it Mm -hmm. where I can – It's like how
3: I love watching Grey's Anatomy via people on Twitter talking about Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy is the most fun show to know nothing about (laughs) in your catastrophically insane (laughs) – details just come up because well,
2: like, like you're like well that can't possibly be the case there's no way but when
3: somebody tries to tell you an out of context thing about gray's anatomy they're like okay i'm not going to explain the whole thing but like she has one leg there was a plane crash and then this happened and it's like <laughs> wait what now <laughs> like they and then like they have and they have marital like it's always about the leg i'm like wow and then like i remember hearing about like somebody like fucking blowing up on Grey's Anatomy like yeah the bomb squad had to come into the hospital and get the thing and then he blew up into like pink mist I was like <laughs> and I thought Pretty Little Liars was fucking crazy like <laughs> wow guys <laughs> favorite show of all time Pretty Little Liars <laughs> <laughs> Although,
2: I love, I love yeah, this. So, is, this is this is what it feels like. I think when I'm trying to when I'm tra- talking to Dune with my family. We're talking about Dune with my family, and, then, yeah. and I'm like, okay, yeah, he becomes a multi-thousand-year-old sand half man, half sandworm, yeah. and he has to I be overthrown tried. by a clone.
3: I don't, I only know Dune from the films. I, of course, I'm aware of the books, but like I've only ever watched the films. And I was trying to explain, I was trying to explain Dune to somebody without explaining too much of Dune to somebody to be like, to just like go see the movie. And I, like, I remember like I just said the word Arrakis and they were like, wait, who's Arrakis? And I was like, we've already gone too far. Like, (laughs) you already want too much information. Like, I, I I was really trying to not like put terms out there, but it just like, it it was using, it was like I was using the, the, the word and the definition and people were like, I don't know what the hell you're saying. Yeah. I was like, I'm sorry, I've said too much. But by saying not enough, I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, it was, it was I like- I failed you. <laughs> it was like when uh, <clears throat> my wife and I were watching uh, We're Here, the show where mm. drag queens, you know, show up in Queer Eye, a uh, small town. Yeah. And there was an episode where Bob the Drag Queen was talking to a young uh, queer kid- Whose idol was Dio Brando, the villain from the JoJo series. And Charlene's wow. like, what is that?
2: <laughs> wow. And I'm like Stuart was so excited. I'm like,
1: do you do you want to know? Because I can Do you yeah? Like, I can how, tell you like, all about it. Are
2: you ready? you. Yeah. <laughs> you handed you held out two pills and you said if you yeah. take the red
0: pill, I'll take yep. you into JoJo, <laughs>
2: but if you <laughs> take the blue pill, you can just forget this conversation ever happens. I, I, admire,
0: yeah. I admire Audrey's ability if I like – like I will ask her if she wants to know, but then like I'll – once I'm explaining, I admire her ability to say, don't care. Uh, like that's a, that's it. she's that's hit the a, wall.
3: <laughs> admirable. That's very admirable. Not everybody can do that.
2: Yeah. See Dan, you the, unfortunately you don't know the joy of having children, which is that they have to listen to you sometimes. Uh, <laughs> so, okay. So we and uh, and and alternately the not so much joy of having to explain all the Spider Man movies while oh. watching the newest Spider Man movie sure. to a seven year old who has seen none of the other ones and keeps calling Andrew Garfield Andrew Jackson. Harshman <laughs> <laughs>
1: Fair. <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh, so I'm going to say I'm probably I'm probably going to keep missing this movie but
3: you guys uh, are i mean live a lesser life fine i I guess like live live less fulfilled lives that's your decision but like (laughs) this is really uh i i i cannot i have not done my duty sufficiently in life evangelizing georgia rule because people should participate in this especially like again as an incredible artifact of the of the aughts the messiest I think time perhaps in our pop culture history, this calamity of like chauvinism and faux feminism and incredibly like rigid gender binaries, but also RuPaul's Drag Race is about to premiere in 2009. And it's like, oh, but like Obama's in the White House, but he doesn't like gay energy yet. And so it's like this illusion of progress because we had Queer Eye and Ellen was on TV and so are Will and Grace, but at the same time, everything's homophobic. Yeah. So like, it's a nutso ass time in pop culture, which makes it feel like Georgia Rule is actually a perfectly indignant, film of 2007
1: and and interestingly because it came out in 2007 there is a very real chance that in like a sliding doors moment the early days of the flop house we might have covered this movie and I will totally tell you the Stewart of that time period did not have the emotional depth to handle that kind of a twist Yeah, yeah. As a podcast, I'm glad we missed it.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we're all better off. I'm, I'm much. It seems I'm, safer terrain to have missed it. I'm, I'm much happier that we did. I know who killed me, which was more uh, our type of thing that we could that we could handle. You know, I mean, at that I time. yeah,
3: I me and on the on my podcast about uh, the intersection of pop culture of the 2000s and millennium era horror films, we went so deep into the annals of I Know Who Killed Me, and we got the loveliest DM from the screenwriter of that, who was like. I just wanted to say that like that movie was my first and as you might imagine last job in Hollywood. <laughs> and I just wanted to say that I really appreciate that you guys saw what I was trying to do with that film and <laughs> we were like we're here for you.
1: <laughs> we are the
3: stand club of I know who killed me who is here uh, for you. Yeah. Absolutely like singular stuff. You can't you can't request cinema like that it just has to come out mm-hmm. of the ether like a gift a jewel a shining orb dropped into your hands and you get to choose whether you appreciate it or let it go into the night
1: <laughs> I, I feel like feel, I, I, I know feel who feel bad me was the first bad. episode elliot was on it was, yeah. yeah. Wow. Right back then, wow, yeah. we're
3: really charting the course of this podcast with yeah. Lindsay Lohan so, so right a, now. <laughs> it's a really
2: it's a really important one in my in my uh personal history. Yeah. And, Hugely. And I just it, looking at I have so so many memories of watching it and being like, Why does she have a robot hand now? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <And> <laughs>
3: Lindsay I, Lohan's first sex scene featuring two robot appendages.
1: And we and we also did uh, like a riff show where we we watched it live and told jokes. And I yeah. remember being—I uh, remember seeing it on the big screen and being like, "This movie's better than I remembered." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I
2: stand—I stand, I stand I, by what I said. If it was—if it was in Italian, people would be like. Oh, what a good movie. Oh, what it does with color. Oh, it's it so is. interesting. It is. a giallo yeah. film. It's yeah. a giallo yeah.
3: film. Yeah.
0: No, I, like, if 100%. This, if,
3: this were st- if this were pulled, if, if I Know Who Killed Me was pulled straight from 1977 and it had the name Bava next to it, people would be yeah. like, oh my God, like dudes would be masturbating
1: to <laughs> or, like, how amazing it is. Or even the same time it came out and it was like a Nicholas Wendig Griffin movie. Uh, yeah,
3: yes, yeah. Abs- as as a, as per- perhaps the Neon Demons biggest fan, I couldn't think of a higher endorsement than that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, no, seeing it again, I kind of came around on the movie and I was going to say that like hearing that the screenwriter had no further uh work uh would make me feel bad for our episode if if we had any control or influence over. <laughs> Especially what, back then we didn't. We still yeah. don't now, but we really didn't then, yeah. But but if that person uh, somehow stumbles upon <laughs> this, uh, you know,
3: I, I, I was I think a little it, hard it important- on I know
0: who killed me. Well, and
3: important, hey, everybody was, and I, I think an important note about like the timing at which like George Rule comes out, and I know Who Killed Me, like sort of around the same, t- around that exact same time, is that like I remember going to see I Know Who Killed Me in theaters, and I remember when Lindsay Lohan's name popped up on screen, the other people in the theater started laughing. It was like a reflexive, like they were there as a gag to yeah. watch a Lindsay Lohan train oh. wreck because it was it was happening in her career at that time that that was how she's being received by people. So like this movie comes out and and from what I remember, like in interviews she's talked about, she speaks so warmly of like working with Gary Marshall and working with Jane Fonda and Felicity Huffman. Like it, it seems like the experience of making this was a really warm and positive one for her. But it was at this point where she was getting so saddled with stigma that it was becoming this perpetuating problem of, like, you know, the more difficult people saw Lindsay Lohan as being, I'm sure the more easy it was to be maybe kind of shitty because you were resentful of how people were talking about you and treating you. So this is, like, a really fragile time in, in her career. And so this movie being sort of as crazy as it is feels like it's, it's like, well, yes, I feel like that fits in line with the timeline of like how this person was trying to piece together the next step forward, and sort of the odd range of material they were doing around this era.
2: That was during that bad period when young women were just like anything they did that was was not was somehow scandalous that started in the nineteen teens and continues to question mark question mark question mark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I I feel like I feel like there's there's so many cycles of like I've I've been thinking so much about um. Uh, because she's one day older than me. Of how Britney Spears, when she like shaved her head, and people were like, "She's a mad woman. What's going yep. on with her?" And it's like, looking back, that seems like not really worth putting on a newspaper or <laughs> talking about. You know, like it's it's such a well. This you know, was
3: this was the and this is the era too when like it's just a couple years before this that and I've talked about this before. But Lindsay Lowe is on the cover of Rolling Stone as their their hot girl as the for their their annual hot issue, and you read that profile of her. And I posted about it last year and I went on this kind of whole thing because it was it was around when like the I Am Paris documentary is coming out and, and the Britney documentary is coming out. We're starting to, people who were in their formative years in the, the millennium era are starting to become the people who talk about history and the people who are sort of cementing mm-hmm. that history and reevaluating it. And you look back at that profile and Rolling Stone was, at its sort of, like, peak of the present, like, 21st century zeitgeist at that time. It obviously had a heyday in the 70s when it was founded, but then in the 2000s it was really hitting a zenith again in it really capturing the de rigueur spirit of how we wrote celebrity profiles at the time, which was deeply snarky, deeply misogynist, really flippant, cruel, and weirdly pervy. And, like, you read that, that hot girl profile now and the first five paragraphs are about her boobs. They're about a girl who just turned 18 and they're about like, a thing you might've noticed about Lindsay Lohan is that she's developed. And I'm going to talk about the history of Disney stars developing. And this is when Annette Funicello got boobs in beach bake at Babylon. And it's like, like the writer who he was interviewed, like I started talking about this and the story started going around. Then a Washington post journalist did a story about this profile and how we talked about women in the two thousands. And that writer, Mark Bellinelli, I think he interviewed Hilarious for name. the story and was like, I'm, I've, I read that, at, I did that at the time and thought it was, like, subversive of the way we talked about women. And I thought it was, like, a way of, like, breaking the standard of how we held them to, like, being children forever. He's like, but I read it now and it's egregious. Like, yeah. I apologize that I did that. Like, to the point where a person writing something now, like, the, the very beginning of it says, like, when I meet Lindsay Lowen, I, like, I, ver- I, like, verify that her boobs are real. He says, like, by um, discreet fact-checking, a.k.a. looking at her tits, and quote, a goodbye hug. It's like, oh, good. I'm glad you were scoping out the 18-year-old girl's boobs by giving her a, quote, discreet goodbye hug on your way out the door. I'm guessing Thanks it adult wasn't that discreet. Yeah, probably. I think in yeah, his mind, it was discreet. But and it was you probably, know you know what? You, the hallmark of discretion is publishing an article where you say it afterwards. So, you know, like, this is the era. And that was, and I fucking yeah. loved Rolling Stone at that time. Yeah, I subscribed. Yeah. I ate up those articles. The profile of Jessica Simpson by Vanessa Gregoriotis was just, like, too. And I was like, this is cruel and awful. And I hate it. The housewife of the year cover. But like, I loved that. And that magazine did that tone. It like snatched it from FHM and Maxim magazine and did it better than any of the yeah, other yeah. glossies. Like their celebrity profiles were definitive. And that was like, I, en- we enjoyed that shit at the time. And this is what you have to contend with. Like, fuck, that is nuts. That is cultural yeah. nuts. Madness. I talk about this stuff a lot. I'm really, like, heads mm. in this era all the time. I
2: mean, luckily, all those problems are solved, which is why we can yeah, look back God, on it. Yeah, it's thank God, God that 15 minutes ago we said
3: no more, and then we fixed it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: like, otherwise, there'd be a lot to be worried oh, about. That was so—I'm so glad that we made that decision to stop doing yeah. that. Yeah, like, oh, I'm so glad
3: you, we stopped doing that, and we don't carry any memory or weight of it or baggage from the past. It just all dissolved, yeah. you know? Otherwise, we'd be we'd have a lot to reckon with. Yeah, <laughs> shit.
1: Some to talk to our therapists about.
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, we're fresh out. We're fresh out of things.
1: No need
2: to. <laughs> yes, yeah, you were just telling me that your last time with your therapist, uh, they were like, "Do you want to talk about that Rolling Stone thing?" And you're like, "I think I got it. I think I think, <laughs> yeah. think we I think we made amends. <laughs> yeah. I think
3: I've coped." Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs>
3: but thank you guys so much for giving me the forum to discuss georgia rule what a treat i hope you have had as much fun as i have tonight was, jordan yes, already you. you're better
2: at hosting our podcast than us <laughs> <No>. uh, <laughs> so, so jordan what would you True. what so what what would you like to what would you like uh listeners to take from you and look out for next what are you gonna what would you like to plug
3: I would absolutely like to plug the new podcast, the podcast that brings me here today on the Maximum Fun Network. It is Feeling Seen, where you mentioned we're here and we actually had Eureka O'Hara on the pod what? to talk about uh, to talk about feeling feeling represented by Drew, Drew Barrymore's performance of Josie Grosie in the movie mm. Never Been Kissed. Sure. Mm. Uh, each person, each episode, I have on a different person, and I ask them about where they have found representation or, or a mirror for themselves in films, and sometimes that's one character, something Sometimes it's several characters. Um, we have an upcoming episode where it was unexpected, but the the actor picked the character they had just played in a movie and we talked about what it is to embody to be these vessels of 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 being an avatar of representation for other people. So it's me wanting to just sort of have as much as I can get people to buy into the premise and have like emotional or vulnerable conversations with me while also like trying to have as much fun with them as possible. Like, I think we're doing a really good job, and I think people would really like it. So it would be super if you could check the Feeling Scene Pod out. And I have like a handful of others a disaster movie podcast, Disaster Girls, the horror movie podcast, Auts Tyrion. I do a lot of talking. <laughs> well, you can I mean, you have so many hours of me talking.
2: And I'm looking forward to the invitation to have me on to talk about Salacious Grum and Return of the Jedi. <laughs> hey,
3: <laughs> Salacious be Grum! <laughs> yeah.
1: Dan's going to say, like, fucking
0: Wonder Boys or some shit. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I was like, Charlie Brown, Eeyore, which one would be... Anyway. Uh, Salacious
3: B. Crumb, icon. Oh, yeah.
2: He's both pet and employee. That's (laughs) what's so amazing about him to me.
3: Rare intersection.
0: So, uh... (laughs) <laughs> let's 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 put a cap on it. Let's uh, send it off to bed. And by uh, uh, send it off to bed, I mean me and Stuart on the East Coast. Yeah, mm-hmm.
3: Georgia roll off to bed, guys. Uh, yeah, I'll
0: yeah. Podcast of, ends. sweet Georgia, Georgia to rule. dreams tonight. Dan and <laughs> I'll have these goofy dreams that will be interrupted <laughs> by something horribly tragic. and yeah. upsetting. <laughs> Um, And then
3: hear a Mandy Moore soundtrack along with that to marry it all together into the Georgia roll. Yeah,
0: well, that's every dream. (laughs) Yeah, that's my white noise machine. (laughs)
1: Uh,
0: Thank you for uh, being with us. Uh, Check out MaximumFun.org for many other great podcasts, including Jordan's. Uh, Thanks to Alex Smith, our producer, for making us sound good. For the Flophouse, uh, I've been Dan McCoy.
1: I've been Stuart Wellington.
0: I apologize for being Elliot Kalen. <laughs> and jordan you have been
3: and i have been jordan
1: cruciola bye, bye. maximumfun.org
0: comedy and culture artist owned audience supported